today's episode title is being too honest, love and money. Mm. And uh, very up to date a, for me. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice choice. Thanks. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a there's a big um, commonality as to why I chose the being too honest element because yeah. it's something that I feel you and I have in common. I'll, I'll get in that mm. into in about a moment, but uh, just as a mm. brief introduction, so everyone mm-hmm. has a, a little bit of a bio background. Uh, John, that's you go by John. Is that? Uh, all, all, all sorts of things. John, JP, Johnny, Pat, Moses. I like having lots of names because uh, it keeps me present. So that, that's not yes. what, what I am anyway. So yes, yeah, pick a mix. Yes. Cool. Well, my brother here, uh, Moses, mm-hmm. is a philosopher, mm-hmm. uh, father, a creating champion, uh, truth speaker, man of peace. Maybe love speaker. Maybe I'll, I'll edit that mm-hmm. to love speaker. Mm-hmm. He nice. lives with his wife uh, and his son, I believe, in Hawaii. I have two now. Two, okay. Two sons, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. And he uh, hosts the Creator Circle, and he, as as far as I know, has created well over a million dollars in um, coaching, including at least five hundred k in one year. Uh, mm. I've been following you for at least a couple of years um mm. and i can i can get into that that uh story at, at some point with the being too honest element but first i just i really want to express my gratitude because i was i was watching your video about love and lying and um i just i have so much uh you represent to me someone in the world i mean I, i've gone through so much failure bankruptcy things like this mm. in the past. And I look to you as like, here's someone that's doing it. Here's someone that's living it. Here's someone that's, you know, I never met Buddha. I never met Jesus, but I, I <laughs> you exist. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm really deeply Man. grateful for you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, when, when people throw those words around and anywhere near me, I'm, I just have to laugh because, you know, it's, it's that I said that to my friend, like, that's one of the problems with branding. Like you put your, a certain aspect of your being out in the world and it's not like I'm trying to like hide other aspects, but the, the, the you know, it, it always looks better than it is on the outside. So thank you. Thank you very much. But uh, yeah, I've got probably just as many struggles as you on the daily, on the day to day, but happy to be here with you. Thanks for that lovely intro. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh, man, where to, where to even begin? Um, I, I, I know you said you have about 50 minutes. I, I imagine I could talk to you for far greater than that. And maybe there'll mm. be an opportunity for another podcast or conversation at some point. Yeah. Um, I'm curious first, uh, why, why did you agree to talk with me? Um, I don't know. I, well, let me see. I don't have a conscious reason. So I, I just said yes, because like, I'm just saying yes, when there's that feeling, that sense of love following the inner compass. Right. Um, uh-huh. But if I were to like try to like make up a story about that, <laughs> one of the things that I thought to say to you that I haven't said to you yet, but probably would have happened at some point is a couple of things. I was reflecting on it. It was like, number one, this dude's just cool. He just reminds me of like um, Owen Wilson, just like, you know, the actor, yeah. just like your yeah. vibe. It's like, yeah, man, everything's cool. It's just like chill. Like we're just here, like just enjoy life. So that's like that just relaxedness that's just nice to be in the presence of 
and so like is a magneticness to your being so that's probably part of it um just gracious you know you seem like you've got your stuff together it's going to be a good use of time you have an orientation towards contribution you're not trying to get something from me and so I, whenever i feel that happening in the world i want to like add to it like if there's that fire like oh let me put some wood on that thing it just feels good to expand that so yeah there's some things that seem right and true and loving to me in this moment thank you brother I appreciate, appreciate what you've said. Uh, so I'm just going to riff here. And this is, this is very I love like, riffing. free form. Yeah. I mean, I have some things written and stuff, um, questions and things like that, but, um, yeah, the, the first thing is, um, meditation. I saw mm. something about Vipassana on your page. Um, but also mm. an attraction to, I, I, I'll begin here and, and please feel free to interrupt me at any point in time. It doesn't, it doesn't, um, bother me one mm. bit. Uh, I was disillusioned with the whole coaching industry when mm -hmm. I got into it about five years ago. I, I hired some coach and I'm like, man, what the fuck am I doing? Am I, <laughs> is this just a get rich quick scheme? And then, you know, I went back to school mm -hmm. for psychology and I went to USM for spiritual psychology to prove mm -hmm. myself and to credential myself. And um, actually, I got into USM because I posted in the coaching jungle. I was like, you got to be a psychologist, you got to have. You have to prove that you're a do-gooding person in the world. And mm. then if I can figure that shit out, then I can actually do whatever mm. this being a, a, a philosopher, being a, a – mm -hmm. and then coaching sort of fits into there. And Chris Doris sent me a message. He was like, dude, I think I can help you out. He served me. Mm. We talked. He told me about Steve Hardison. I found Steve Chandler. I found all these beings where I'm like, okay, all you Steve's, and then yeah. – yeah, all the Steve's, all the Steve's. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm, my egos, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm one of the Chris's. I'm one of the Chris's <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. One of the, and and I, I do this thing where I'm like, I'm, I'm self-deprecating um, because, mm. I, I, I mean, all of this, it reminds me so much of this video that you made on, on lying and love. And my, uh, my partner, she's working with this a mentor of hers, Melanie and Lierre. And, and Melanie talks all about not showing your dirty laundry. Dude, I'm the mm. type of guy who like, you literally show your dirty my, laundry that's, 30 that's seconds why. into this call. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because there's, there's something about um, the, that, that authenticity uh, element. Mm. But the, the reason why the love and lying video that you just posted resonated so much with me is because I'm going through um, this book, learning from this book, uh, the 48 laws of power with Robert yeah. Greene. And I'm, it's, it's like, it's almost hard to read. Cause I'm like, <laughs> yeah. man, I, I, I'm doing this on some level. Mm. I'm probably, I'm probably doing it now, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and, the master. Yeah. Right. No, right. Number one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I just watched an interview with Robert Greene and Jordan Peterson last night. Same. Um, yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I read Green's book, like, I don't know, 2009 or something. Yeah. And it both turned me on and turned me off. And that was really the entry point for me into like a deeper understanding of the Tao because I was trying to resolve that mm -hmm. contradiction. Um, I, th I was just thinking last night, because I haven't looked at it in, I don't know, what, 10, 12 years. I probably, it would be good to revisit it and see it through the, the eyes that I have a decade later. It would be really interesting. That's kind of why mm -hmm. I watched that interview last night. Yeah. 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 What, how have you, or, or have you resolved, 
um, one of my marketing um, teachers, uh, he has a quote. He says, speak to one person like you're speaking to a thousand and speak to a thousand like you're speaking to one person. That's mm, St. Francis lovely. of Assisi. <laughs> that's that's my marketing teacher one of my marketing teachers yeah and awesome. i'm i'm noticing and i'm just mm. authentically in the moment i'm like i you know you're an important person and other people are going to listen to this and so there's mm. like a, a a slight bit of um buzz inside of me because mm. i f- i feel that maybe if you and i had a conversation like if i, if I was visiting hawaii and i just met you had no mm. idea who you were. Maybe I'd be acting very differently, but because I know mm. certain things and then I'm sharing this conversation and I know you mm. do one-on-one work and I know you do group work. So have you felt a uh, sort of like alignment of showing up in your authentic truth, regardless of how many people are watching or listening? Um, I don't know if, I mean, I'm, I certainly have moved along the path towards greater and greater alignment, flow, ease, continuity, like same uh-huh. here, there, everywhere. Um, I think it's an endless path. Like who I am in the bedroom with my wife is probably a little bit, you know, different than here. It still is. There's going to be some gap and difference. And I don't know if it's even I hope so. the ideal is to, cl- <laughs> yeah, well, I hope so. but I mean, even in like, you know, how, how liber- liberated I might be in expressing the full breadth of what's possible here in this context like that's appropriate for this context still that even might be some kind of gap. Like there's just, just if you're not talking about like, I'm not taking my clothes off here, but like even my willingness to be completely and free and not yet free and honest (laughs) and open, it might be like, you know, who knows? But, um, I think like the, the, uh, now, now I'm thinking about taking my clothes off (laughs) because I did say that I would be open talking about sex. So I lost my train of thought. Um, Oh, closing this gap on just being the same and speaking the same everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that has been a conscious desire because I have a hard, I've always had a hard time stomaching gaps in authenticity, which is an extension of my like need for honesty. You, know, you saw that video, there was like yeah. this attachment to being honest, which has a strength and a weakness in it. Um, but here's but that that quote's so interesting. I've never heard that quote before, but one of the things I've always said to people about public speaking is like like just speak to one person in the room and have that be like the only thing that matters to you. And it's like there's you can hear that intellectually and not really like get access to it. So it's like for me, Fred Rogers kind of um articulated it well and he talked about how he looks into the camera and he considered the space between him and the camera. Um, sacred ground and he's speaking to the child that's watching the TV and it's like it's really creating this imagined experience that it's me and the person me and the child and the camera lens is sometimes easier to create that imagined experience than an audience because it's a little bit either way there's not a child there there's a camera and there's not one person there there's an audience and so you have to create a dis- you have to lie to yourself essentially you have to create a distortion of what's out there through the actual meaning and the reality you're creating on the inside. Um, but when you do that, it liberates you from those fearful thoughts and it allows you to just be in love with that one person. And so when I look into a camera lens, I can be looking at the camera and speaking to it, or I can be looking through the camera in my mind's eye to the idea of, that I hold of another person who's just searched YouTube for 
geez, how do I make money as a coach? Because like I'm waking up in the morning with fear in my belly, my heart's shrieking, my partner's like, I think you should go back and get a job. And it's like, and, and it's like, I just, I just want, and I, and I, and I try to look through that camera and, and have my heart break for this person that I'm imagining on the other side. And then as soon as my heart breaks, the camera dissolves and I'm with them and I can speak to them. Um, and that's how by being with one person, I can create an impact on, on many is because they all have those hearts that I'm connected to in that moment. Um, and the other side of a sissy's quote, which is interesting, speak to a thousand people as there's, as there's one is what I just said, but speak to one as if there are a thousand. Um, I don't know what he means by that, but one thing that jumps into me is just like, it's that, it's that quote of like, don't say anything that you wouldn't want written on a newspaper or don't do anything that you wouldn't want printed in the press. So it's like, for me, don't, don't show up with you in some way that I would only want to happen in private, that I would be ashamed of or isn't true for me if it's out there, right? So like, this like the force of um, the whole world is brought to this conversation. Like when, when somebody's sharing something with me in private and they're like, I don't know how to talk to this person about it. It's like, well, just talk, just say the same thing. So you can say it with me, say it with them, that kind of thing. So I, I find that really inspiring. And thank you for sharing it with me. I like the two sides of the same, you know, how it's an inversion. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what, what I'm thinking about now uh, with what you just said, and especially because I, you mentioned how your father is a police officer and this attachment to, mm. to telling the truth. And it sounded to mm -hmm. me like you came to somewhat of a resolution of like being loving. Like oh, that's the, yeah. the litmus. More important. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, I didn't yeah. get that for so long. I thought being honest was how I got love. And I, I just didn't see it. it wasn't clear. And it's such a great example of how like an insight can shift. It's like a paradigm shift for you. That was a paradigm shifting insight for me. Like to, to, to have love be primary and honesty to sometimes most of the time, be in service of that, but not all the time. I mean, yesterday, I, I, I lied to my son. Um, we have chickens that we have on our farm. And there's wild chickens in Maui and they've gotten into the farm area and they're eating the food and they're not laying eggs and they won't stay in the penned area. So I can't make them part of the farm. So we got to get rid of them. And I looked it up. You have to supposed to kill them basically. But I was like, I'll trap and release them somewhere else. Um, and my son was like heartbroken. He's like, he, he, when I trapped him, he's like, he just started crying and he's like, I have a place for these chickens in my heart. And it's like, mm. you know, and it's just, I, I don't, I tried to tell him the truth and then it was like, you know what? I just got to bend it a little bit. And then when he went off and I drove him down the hill and released them like a mile from here. And then I brought the trap back and he didn't see. And I told him, Hey, yeah, I just let them out. They ran off. I don't know where they went. And it's not, it's not the absolute truth. It's a little off. And that would have been a lot harder for me a long time ago, but I know now that it's the most compassionate thing to do for, for what he's able to stomach and understand. And the truth will Get, you know, over time, I'll be able to give him a more accurate representation of what I'm saying, what I'm believing the truth is. Uh -huh. But I'm letting love be the, be the primary thing now. And um, it's giving me more freedom. And it's giving me more ability to be loving in all its forms, not just to get what I want, like desire form, but like to be compassionate. Right? Um, uh, that wasn't quite accurate um, to him because you actually killed the chickens? Is that? No, I didn't kill them. I trapped them and released them a couple miles down the road. Okay. But I told him that I released them on our land. So he's thinking they'll probably be back. They kind of free range around and come back at feeding time. And so but they're probably not going to come back now because I drove them two miles. 
I mean, I don't yeah. think they've got. Or we'll if they do, I'll let you know. But that would be impressive. But but yeah, if maybe if they have an attachment to truth and they yeah. admire you for that, then they'll yeah. find their way. And GPS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, have you had the experience of being too honest? Um, which I think we, to some extent, have defined that. Where then. You, I'll, I'll give an example. I'm doing a comedy show tonight. Um, it's called cool. Mad Conscious. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited for it. And it's, it's like a tragic love story, but it's, it's all improv. We don't have it planned out or anything. We're going to go awesome. to some triggering places, but mm-hmm. the idea is love and, and, and mm-hmm. for people to walk away with some things to think about. Because I, I live in, a, uh, in Costa Rica here. It's, I would say, somewhat of what people would consider like there's a lot of spiritual community and I've, as I'm, as I'm in this community and I see like the political correctness, I kind of Mm -hmm. get um, tired of it in a way. And it's just like, Mm. I have the idea of doing a people pleasers anonymous where it wouldn't be anonymous. Anyhow, all of this (laughs) to say like, I'll do these things or I'll I'll say something. And and I don't want to speak that as though this is happening. However, it has happened and God knows I, I might do it right now with you mm. who knows which is i'll say something or i'll do something and then later i'll be thinking about what people i'll be basically taking myself outside of myself and then feeling shame mm. because i'm like mm-hmm. man i can't believe i like yeah i did that and it was true or it was right mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. later mm-hmm. i feel shame because i yeah maybe it was courageous but i just made a fool out of my and i don't actually feel good mm, mm, about it maybe mm, and I'm, I'm wondering if you've had similar experiences yeah i yeah i have um for me i i don't look at that as an as a place where it's a little bit different than than like um a place where i may have held back from speaking that because i was living under the duress of i need to be honest that is usually what you're talking about reminds me of what I think Brene Brown calls it the the vulnerability hangover. Have you heard that term before? I, like I can intuit what it is. Yeah, you can make sense of it, right? It's like yeah. you, you'd be vulnerable and then the next day you're like, oh, you're like feel like pukey afterwards. <laughs> so I get that plenty of times. Um, but for me, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's a good sign that I, I leaned into my edge. I've kind of learned to be like, yep, just got to, you know, be with it right now. So, um, feel through it. Um, but I think maybe what you're inquiring about also is just about like, have I ever been too honest in a way that after the fact, I'm not sure that that was actually the best move. Um, not just because, not because I've got a vulnerability hangover, but just looking at it. Um, and I, and I think, yes, I mean, I think, you know, maybe I gave some examples in the video you saw or, or not, but like, you know, Certainly with my son, like being honest about the way the world is, hasn't been use hasn't been the most loving thing sometimes. And so it wasn't a vulnerability hangover. It was more like an oops, I was putting honesty above love. And also just the way just the way I was meeting the world in the pandemic and the imposition of rules and ideas about what must be to say to make you a good person and either following the rules or, or not following the rules as a form of resistance was like just this dichotomy that I was stuck in and saying, you know what, I'm going to create my own path here. That's like trans that's transcendent of these dichotomies um, came from. Well, and, and I think 
I think it came from, maybe that's not like being too honest, but it's just messy. Like once I, I guess that's why I'm like kind of reaching right now. It's like sometimes in order to find your transcendent position and create another option, you have to just be, you have to just blatantly break, break the rule to even set yourself free. So like one of the things with the mask, the mask policy in Hawaii was like ridiculously beyond what any other state was doing. The CDC ranked like Hawaii as low, not even medium, like low and medium. You don't need a mask. We were ranked low. And the governor was like, we're going to keep our masks on until the 25th of March. And everybody was like, just following the rules. And like, even the CDC got, there's like almost, almost zero COVID in Hawaii, but it's like after two years of, like this like badge of honor for mask wearing in Hawaii. And it's been a part of the thing maybe that's contributed to us having a very low COVID uh, here. But it was at this point where like, not only does the CD say you don't need them now, the governor has said, we will stop wearing them. And the, like this, this point in the future where you're not gonna have to wear them anymore. And I'm over here like, everybody's just wearing them because they're following the rules. And so instead of just doing it, I, decided to stop doing it and we'll go into stores and, you know, and I brought my mask in my pocket. Cause this is my both. And I have a mat. I don't know where it is now, but my mask has my smiling face printed on it. So I put it on and you can still see my face smiling and I carry it in my pocket. And I was just like, I'm just not going to wear it. Even though the sign says to until somebody asks me to put it on and then I'll just put it on. No big deal. And it was like living in the matrix. I mean, I went in target and everybody was wearing their mask for a half an hour, like a hundred people, cash people, nobody said anything to me. They just looked at me like, like the spoon was just bending or something. It was like, what is, what is, it was bizarre. And then there were other places where they wouldn't let me in unless I was wearing it. So I just put it on, but it was like, there's just different cultures. And I just flew on a plane recently. Well, the mask policy is still in, it's still in effect because the FAA hasn't changed their policy. I didn't wear a mask all the way through the airport like onto the plane and same thing. It's like everybody's wearing them. Everybody's following the rules and nobody's even saying anything to me. Hmm. It's even like, on the plane. Even on the plane up until one point, a woman walked by while she was doing the seatbelts and she did this. They're kind of like where you, you've got to put your tray table up, but they don't even watch to see if you do it. She's like, you right. need to wear your mask right. the whole flight. And then she just left. And so I was like, uh -huh. okay. And then I just put it down and that was it. And she walked by. Nobody else said anything to me the whole way. At the airport when I got it's there, no longer a federal crime then because I wasn't wearing a mask well, on a plane and I was threatened to get thrown off the plane. Well, I was but this is my point. It still is a federal crime, probably. Uh -huh. But but not everybody's buying into it such that they're going to be a police for it. Uh -huh. But they're still buying into it enough to do it themselves. So it's this weird kind of middle ground. And I'm sure if I took a flight from here to London, it might be different. This is an island hop, small plane, you know, hundred people on it from Maui to Oahu. Um, okay. And I'm not even saying it's the right thing. As sure. far as the law goes, I did what's called the wrong thing. And I'm doing it just until somebody asks me to do otherwise. And I'm not going to fight it. I'm just exploring, like, what is it like to just not follow the rules? Not from a position of I must fight, but from a position of exploration as to what is, what is the energy of the boundary? And so, like, what it, when I was saying it was kind of messy, it's like it's, I'm in this place of just exploring what it's like right just exploring uh -huh. what it's like and and not with this aggressive fighting nature but just as an inquiry yeah. i just had a friend of mine a former client like dialoguing on my facebook um 
I posted something, you know, that video that you saw and he was like trying to debate with me. And I, and he was like, maybe we should like a, do a call and do a debate. And I was like, I just, I don't have anything to stand for in this. I don't, I don't, I don't even have a disagreement. I just like, uh -huh. maybe my thing is I'm just so agreeable, but it's like when you come from exploration and inquiry and experimentation and there's nothing you're fighting for, um, I guess that's where I am now in, in, in all of this stuff. Like I'm not trying to figure out what the truth is even. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just kind of navigating, just exploring, I guess would be the best word. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a bit of a tangent, but there you go. You know, a friend, uh, well, not, not, I can't call him a friend, uh, sort of a teacher that I know. You could um, call him a friend. I, might I be a lie. call him a friend. I don't know. I don't know but if it might turn into a friend if you started saying it all the time. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. a friend of mine, yeah. he's, he is yeah. a friend of mine. I don't know if I'm a mm -hmm. friend of his. He was uh, going at the beginning of the pandemic, he was walking into stores, not wearing a mask. And people would say, like, you have to wear a mask. And he says, OK. And he takes his mask out and he puts it around his ears over the top of his head. And then mm -hmm. they would like question him and say, he would say, well, I identify as a dolphin. So I have a blowhole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that's a bit like that's a bit edgy, right? And that can well, sometimes... that's the thing. It's like, and it all comes down to the individual person. And there's no right or wrong. Like mm -hmm. you know, nobody's going to determine. I love the creativity, and it's like, I I prioritize a loving heart and loving kindness. Yeah. So that's my personal value set and order of priority. And so, like, if somebody's afraid. And I can set them at ease by covering my mouth and mm -hmm. my face with the thinnest possible fabric in the world that I can drink through a straw through and that, but they feel better Then I'm going to do it because I, it's like no big deal to me to create peace in that person. Uh -huh. And so that's why I would carry it in my pocket. And as soon as somebody asked, I'd put it on. Um, but I just found it so amazing that so few, few people even cared, but they still did it themselves. And so it's just this, you know, interesting place we're in. I'm wondering when, when, or if we'll see someone with a mask tattooed on there, just a mask tattoo. Oh God. <laughs> it might already exist. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. Google image yeah, search Google, mask yeah. tattoo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so we have about 20 minutes or so, give or take a little, cool. probably a little less. Uh, and I want to respect your time. So, yeah, um, yeah, I wanted to tell a, a brief story that I, I sort of began with and then riff with you on maybe some mm -hmm. of what your experiences is, are with money and love and mm -hmm. truth specifically. Mm -hmm. um, and and I think you'll you'll appreciate this. I mean, I've shared this in a couple different places, but I, I, I doubt that you've you've heard it. Um, <laughs> I it should have been illegal, but I went to a third party credit lending. Um, so like you give them all your credit card information and then they mm -hmm. get you approved for the highest amounts of credit that you can get approved for. And it was something close to like $50,000. Cool. Yeah. Cause yeah. I talked to Chris Doris and then I thought to myself when I was really committed to work with him, I'm like, okay, what's the mm -hmm. fastest way I can do this. And even, even part of that I'm aware came from this, this thing, which I'm deeply curious what, your experience with this is I was in large part doing this to prove to myself that I was qualified. And I, I remember sitting there with Chris in his office and I, he was asking me like, why, you know, why do you want to work with me? Why, 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 why? And I'm like, to prove to myself that I can, and he's like, no, dude, we're not going to do anything from, from proving, but anyhow. And he said like, 
I understood his hesitancy with me to greater or lesser degrees because apparently he hadn't worked with someone like me who uh, or no, no one has ever purchased his coaching on credit in the way that I did. Um, yeah. But to me, it was like, this is the fastest way that I can do this thing. And there's, sure. there's some scarcity stuff kind of wrapped into this. And I'm working with him for eight months, um, his, his eight month agreement. And halfway through, bro, I just was experiencing so much shame and blame and guilt. I was bankrupt, living in my parents' basement, going through a, a separation from my previous uh, partner. And I'm like a spiritual life coach. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm the one that needs the coaching. And um, mm -hmm. I ghosted on him, man. I ghosted. I just stopped talking wow. to him. Like I just, and he sent me a few <laughs> messages and it was like almost a year later where I was, I was driving. I was working on my friends. He owned one of those Herbalife smoothie shops and I was like slinging smoothies for like a dollar or two per smoothie, mm -hmm. still coaching people and just sharing truth and things that I'm passionate about. But at the end of the day, I'm like making 50, 60 bucks after mm. for 13 hours. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I used to make thousands of dollars sharing what I'm passionate about. And now I'm doing this. And now I'm back to school. I went back to school for psychology like two or three times to prove to myself that what I was doing mm. here was anyhow, it got to a point where I was driving one day and I was just feeling so much love. I, I was falling in love, rising in love with my, my current, my fiance right now. And I just wanted oh, to call Chris and let him know. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I, I wanted yeah. to call Chris and be like, bro, I get it. Like, I get what you were talking about, yeah. about like just serving. And like, as a, as a result of me getting back in my heart, I started, this is like when I started writing my poetry when I, um, oh, three cool. or so years ago. And that, that resulted in the, the book that I shared with you. And I, anyhow, I just wanted to let the guy know, like, I get it. And I didn't want a, a, a thing from him. And I, I had already filed a bankruptcy at this point in time. And he messages me back. He's like, I'm getting a CK vibe from this. Is this, is this, he's like, I got a new phone. He's like, it's really interesting that you're contacting me right now because I have a check for $10,000 with your name on it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what is happening? Like, this is, this is incredible. And I talked to him and we, we, he, you know, basically said to me, he's like, I've never given a refund to anyone, but this, these circumstances were different and we could do one of two things. I have a check for, it was, it actually ended up to being under, a little under $15,000, which for me at that point in time, that was yeah, a significant, a yeah, a chunk. And it's all money in the bank because I already filed the bankruptcy. Yeah. He's, and yeah. Dude, it's so funny because I invested in him so that mm -hmm. he could help me get clients or whatever it was that mm -hmm. I was thinking. And it, truly, I invested in myself. So he said, you could, one of two options, you could either get the 15K back, I'll, I'll wire transfer it, or we'll pick up right where we left off. And I, I was like, I'll take the 15K, please, Mr. Torrance. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's just just kind of a, a interesting story on investing in myself. Yeah. 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 Awesome. What a good story. What a great, you know, uh, acknowledgement of Chris to that guy's a beautiful man. Really awesome, awesome guy. So cool that you got the Chris's. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Hmm. What's in that? What's what's the what's the uh, essence of that story for you that gives you um, when you tell it, when you share it? Um, what is the being in it that you that you are inspired to contribute to the world? 
I got so lost in mm-hmm. making money and mm. selling this image. And mm. around that time, man, I would drive to Barnes and Noble after work, after at working at this smoothie shop. And I would just go over to the spirituality and the philosophy section. I'd just start reading. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. This, and, and that's not who I am, but these are the things that make me come alive. And I, I just mm. started writing like a fucking madman. And, and, and then the service element, it, it was just connected to like being f- something like um, being fully, fully in whatever I'm doing and then totally unattached to the outcome mm. as well. Mm. And like that was the key. And I think maybe you spoke to it when I sent you a message to interview you yeah. for this. It's like, I wasn't, but man, that getting energy, it's, it, it has yeah. been in, in mm-hmm. the past and, and probably sometimes now it's like, yeah, it's this thing inside me, the grasping the hungry ghost or whatever it is. And, mm. uh, it's in everyone. Just, it's in everyone. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's so interesting. I mean, that, that has been helping people to let that go has been really my orientation since I started as a coach, not because I knew that was the philosophy or that was the thing, but it just became obvious for me when I was, um, I got into coaching as a performance magician, like doing card tricks and stuff. And, and then, and, uh, that led me to the psychology of the mind and how you could not just use your language and communication to create, an entertaining experience, but to help people be more effective and to enjoy their life more. <clears throat> and then shortly after I started just being a life coach through that, I took the advice of marketers and found a niche. Um, and the niche I found was basically like a lot of the magicians that hung out with were like a little awkward around women and dating. And so I just started helping guys to engage with women and connect with women. Um, and I was working with women as well, but then I ended up focusing more with men and it just became, I mean, I didn't like n- have conscious understanding about like how to be with women. I just like listened to them and be like, well, how do I do this? How, how do, what? and it just became clear to me that like the through line of all of them, the challenge that all of them were facing is, was the orientation of trying to get something from a woman, whether it was sex or approval. And uh-huh, it was like, uh-huh. I just knew in my heart that like that way of being with women was not useful. (laughs) It just didn't work. And so through being with them context, you know, situation over, I started to get, became conscious of an orientation of contribution and giving. And then through doing that work, I was invited to speak, do a TEDx talk on that. So I have a TEDx talk from like 10, 11 years ago about this concept of taking trading and giving. And it's not about our actions. It's about our intent is our intent to get something or is our intent to give something or is our intent kind of muddled? I do want it because, because we can have dual intentions, but there's a, it's like, yeah, I want to give and I want to get something. And it's like, that's where a lot of us get stuck. We're in this kind of this dichotomy of intent. And it's like only when we go all in with just like total contribution in a particular moment that we're entirely free and we can be our best and most charismatic self. Um, and so it sounds like that realization is what you're inspired by and, and, and sharing. And, you know, I get that from your message as well. There's so much freedom in 
saying, fuck it, I'm just going to give, you know, even if I'm bankrupt, I'm just going to give. Um, the total sacrifice is a beautiful thing. What's there to lose at that point? <laughs> and, exactly. But you're, you're pointing, that's the, that was the key thing too. That was the key thing too, brother. I'm sitting in my parents' basement, like meditating for hours and writing mm-hmm. poetry. And I'm like, I'm still committed to this. And I have less than, mm-hmm. apparently less than nothing. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. so really I can be this way no matter what my bank account says. Yes. Yeah. It's awesome, isn't it? Fuck. <laughs> You're unsinkable yeah. now. That's yeah. about, I, mean, I have a whole, I have a whole uh, lesson in, in in our in our one of our programs where I talk about my whole story with debt, and I'll uh-huh. just give you like a like a brief snapshot of it now, if interested, because it's like along the same lines as you. Yeah, I was so liberated by like taking on loads of debt and not being able to pay it back and finding <laughs> out that nothing bad was going to happen. <laughs> like nothing bad happened. Uh-huh. I mean, I was uh-huh. so fuck so scared. And, and then I stopped paying and then I didn't lose the house. Nobody like, I mean, like my phone rang, but that was it. Like the phone rings. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah. that's actually the worst thing that could ever happen. Um, I mean, I don't know if other worst things could happen, but you know, a lot of money I walked away from and then nothing bad happens. And it's like, wait a minute. And the whole matrix, again, the, it was like walking through the matrix, like the spoon bending, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It was like, whoa. And I started to look at the, and then I could see the whole system that I was trying to do the right thing and be, you know, it's like, where did this money come from that all these banks gave me? Oh, it was created through fractional reserve banking. What is that? Oh, it's where banks are allowed to essentially print money. And if you don't pay it, they just delete it. So they create it and they destroy it. And so what, how do they make sure that you pay? Well, they created a game called the FICO system and everybody's got a score. And they created a context, an idea that, you know, credit is character. And if you have a good credit score, you're a good person. And people buy into it. And it's an agreement. They make the money and they give you a score. And if you pay them back, you've got a high score and you're lovable. And if you don't, you're not. And if you don't pay it, they just delete it. And then they create some more and give it to somebody else. Or they create some more in a couple months and they give it to you again, give you another go. And it's just this whole game. And 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 I now distinguish borrowing money from a bank that creates it out of thin air and borrowing money from a person who's worked for it. And that is actually an indicator of the service that they've given and the energy they've put out. You know, banks don't use energy to create money, but people do. And so where, what am I, what am I committing to? Am I committing to the transfer of energy? Am I committing to the mimetic production? And if, if that, if banks can create money, then I can destroy it. That's the position that I took. Right. I'll just play the game. And my friend pointed this out to me too, with mortgages. He's like, you know what's so cool about real estate investing is you can buy a house and if you don't want it anymore, you can just give it back. And they put it in the contract. I mean, that's, that's a, just that's what a mortgage actually yeah, right. is. Yeah. It's like yeah. a, you could return it at any time. Uh-huh. Have a 30 year return policy. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I love that. That's interesting. Just, it, when you look at it, that's, that's what it actually is. And the way they don't, people don't feel that way about it because of the idea that you're a bad person if you don't pay back which is part of the game. If they didn't have that, then people would just take the money and run. So it's like, and now I play the credit game and I play it well. I borrow money, I pay it back, I borrow money, I pay it back, I've got a great score. But it's a different experience than it was before because I'm like you, like, I know that I can't be broken. I can't, you can't sink me. I am not that. 
so one more question. Well, two more if yeah. we have time for it. Um, cool. And this was what actually initially inspired me to message you because I have this unprogram called Living Truth. <laughs> Funny enough, mm. and mm-hmm. um, I was thinking about my next my next creation, and I was thinking of doing something like Creators Circle, something that mm-hmm. that you have. And I'm like, man, I'm deeply inspired by this by this person. I want to talk to them about how how you have created not not maybe how is the wrong question but it's something around i've had active resistance to coaching coaches mm. and yet i've coached coaches or people mm. who are in the service world and and there's like this huge part of me that's sort of like well if that's what's being like am i am i am i going for that because that could be seen as a low hanging fruit and so i'm mm-hmm. sort of positioning myself around that or is that just where, like, if these are the people that are showing up, then that's, mm-hmm. but there, I, I, there's not a clear alignment in myself with what it, it appears to me like there's an alignment in the ads. Like, I've seen you're running ads saying, like, I've never done this mm, before. Was, yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. You were. And so, yeah, I'm just wondering what, if y- you could speak to that feeling mm. authentic and then, what could look like selling, selling or yeah. providing service to a lot of people that provide services and how you feel authentic yeah, yeah, yeah. with that. Sure. I mean, I can totally relate. I was in a similar place eight, nine years ago, or ten, I don't know how long ago, but like when I started as a coach, I didn't coach coaches and then coaches wanted to work with me because I had clients and a functioning business. And that was like interesting to them. And and I was saying, no, and I don't, co-, you know, it became like a thing. And I, but then I noticed there was a point where I was like, this was unfolding and I was resisting it. And that was, okay, something's going on here. Uh-huh. And so I started saying yes. Um, and, um, and I still had that same resistance, but I was doing it because the money was there and it was easy. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I still had to integrate it, but I didn't integrate it before I took the money first. And then, and then I integrated it. And then what I, cause what I, when I looked at it, what I saw was um, a couple things. Number one, I saw, am I just building this pyramid scheme of coaching, coaching, coaches, coaching, coaches, 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 right? And also if I'm only coaching coaches or if I'm coaching coaches, does that mean I'm not a good enough coach to coach real people? And so it was a lot of like pride and shame. It was like, oh, I'm not, if I'm just helping them, then it's too, it's too easy. Right. And so like, imposter that I'm not actually, too, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. Imposter, imposter, like, well, not an imposter to coach the coaches, but an imposter to call myself a coach. If my only clients were coaches, because are you uh-huh. really a coach? If you're only coaching coaches, like regular <laughs> people don't want to work with you. Um, so, oh, the thing that, so I'll talk about them in order. I resolved the pyramid thing by being like, what if that's an awesome thing to build a coaching pyramid? Because what if coaching is the evolution of consciousness and that the more people that we enroll in that possibility and are doing that, the better. And what if instead of pretending that it's not happening or being against it, being like, yeah, I'm for it. It's not like I'm doing some kind of like pyramid scheme model where I'm making money and like it's all from everybody and it's flowing up. I mean, it's not like that. Right. But like just yeah, being exactly. like, yes, yeah. I want to coach coaches and I would like you guys to, co- to coach coaches and and for them to coach coaches too, because the more of this, the better. And the thing that really helped me get access to that distinction was the Harvard psychologist, Robert Keegan, did a talk on the further reaches of adult development. 
um, at the RSA in London. You can find it on, on online. And he talked about this, that adults continue to develop throughout their lives and that they're seeing that over time, adults are developing into these higher levels of consciousness more and more. And he posited the theory that maybe psychological development advances as we evolve. And that's why we're living longer so that we can evolve our consciousness to a higher level throughout our life so that we can navigate the complexity that's emerging in the world. And he said, if that's the case, then the, then the, the psychologists, the coaches, the therapists, the people who are helping humanity to evolve their consciousness, they are on the front lines of our evolution. And that's the most important work in the world. And I was like, fuck yeah, man. Like maybe building an army of coaches is the best thing, the greatest gift we can give to the world. Um, and so that helped me with that aspect of it. Um, mm. And then the other piece was just like, and this is something that's very present for me right now. I'm, I'm using this word coaching to just represent the development of a capacity to be in dialogue with yourself and others in a way that creates more freedom, love, and power. That's my version of it, right? That's my version. A of real life philosopher. That's, yeah. That's what like I That's hear. just yeah. it. Just yeah. real, like real world. Look, maybe the yeah. coaches are the philosophers of the 21st century. Maybe, mm-hmm. right? Like it's that, that's what it is. And so if that's the case, then I'll work with anybody. And if they all want to call it coaching, let them. If they all want to call it, I'm an entrepreneur, like whatever. It's just human beings evolving their capacity to create in dialogue with themselves and others. That's the essence of it. And actually right now I'm just in the midst of of moving my body of work out of me and into a brand that my, is, represents my whole team, calling it just one word, creating all the, mm. all the coaching programs, all the stuff is moving into that. And, and we're going to use the term creating dialogue. You could call it coaching. We're going to call it creating dialogue. It's just another name, another label for the, the power of dialogue. And the, re- the reason I'm doing that is because I want to take a stab at saying this is more than just something that you can do to help people get results. This is a way of being with yourself and with the world that can help you and everybody to create more. So it's like, for me, I see it. I was doing this and in love with it before I discovered coaching and it's, yeah. I've taken it into coaching. And so I'm just creating a way to expand it beyond that for my, for, for me and the team. Brilliant. I love, I love that. The redefining or, or just fitting it into what feels mm. most natural and true to what, what we're hope that, doing, engaging in even right yeah, now. Yeah, I hope that breaks the dam for you, man. And all these people that want to work with you that are coaches, you just start saying yes. It did. Dam is Good. broken. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Cool. Brother, thank you so much for your time. Um, the last thing, I, you might have spoke to it just now, and I'll put your links in the bio, but where mm. can people find you if they want to connect more with you, see what's going on? Yeah. Um, my current website is jpmorganjr.com. Pretty soon that's going to forward to our new website. But if you've got that, you'll be able to get there in a couple of weeks' time. Um, and that's also my personal like username, JP Morgan Jr. on Facebook, so Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. So you can find me everywhere. All right, man. Well, the all the links will be in the show notes. And um, yeah, I wanted to talk about alternative currency and lots of other things, but uh, maybe another cool. time. Maybe yeah. another time. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really grateful for your time. Thank brother. you. Thank you. Awesome, Thank you for being who you are. You. Yeah, You're welcome. Likewise. Thanks for being here. All right. Okay. Peace. Bye-bye.